Hello, I'm Ricky Dreamer, and you're tuning into the DUI Rule, an interactive platform for future dreamers and influencers who strive for more. I'm reporting from Overcoast Music in Richmond, VA, and on this episode of the DUI Rule, we'll be talking to myself. Not really sure how it's going to work, but tune in. Got dreams. What if they not bigger than my purpose? I ride alone, far away from home. Days turn to months, hair ain't seen a comb. Rick told me keep dreaming. It's foreign cars still leaning till I reach my zenith. Seems I took the scenic, redefine the meanest, justify ends. Just impose our goals until we meet the end. It's all God's doing. We just dream as using non-fluence and it might just take us round the globe. The DUI rule, we welcome you to the fold. You know we got that fire, shelter you from the cold. And that's Ricky P, he putting you in the know. Water for your seed, seed for you to grow. And I'm Michael Millions as if you didn't know. Hello everyone, this is Ricky Dreamer. You're tuning into the DUI Rule, episode 18. And today's guest is myself, as well as another guest we have. We actually have a guest host today, um, my engineer, David Waltenbaugh. Um, I'd like to welcome David to the show. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Yeah, so it's kind of kind of be interesting. You know, you're kind of sitting in my seat today, you know, yeah. hosting. Right. And, you know, I'm the guest, so... Um, Definitely will let you run the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I've had, uh, geez, I've had 17 uh, opportunities to kind of learn how you do it uh, here now. So I should. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a novice, so please, please, right, please right, don't right. follow everything. <laughs> right, right, right. Very good. Cool, man. Um, yeah, well, I think uh, I think a lot of what you've been doing on the DUI rule has has had a pretty major major focus on um, the guests that you've had on. But now this is an opportunity to. Give the listeners a chance to learn a little bit about you, who uh, exactly who is Ricky Dreamer and and what makes Ricky tick. So um, I guess first and foremost, uh, I I know a lot of this about you, but um, I know that you uh, you have a very broad array of skills from uh, history and advertising and marketing to um, fashion to music to all sorts of creative endeavors and entrepreneurship um but why don't you uh take a minute to bring our listeners up to up to date on um kind of your backstory and tell us a little bit about uh about who you are where you came from and kind of what what makes you do what you do okay i I definitely can do that so i was born in washington dc um grew up in maryland so really kind of back and forth i know like elementary school um went to school in dc um, high school, like went to school in Maryland. Um, like as a kid, kind of always had an idea that I wanted to do something that was kind of big. Um, didn't really know what. I know early on, I was really into drawing like cartoons. So I, I thought like working for Disney or something would be a cool job. Or um, this was around town, like it was the WWF. So I used to always like draw like different sketches of different wrestlers and just like, as a kid, this thing, like the things I was into, just knowing like, all right, there are adults doing this cool stuff. Like, hey, I, I want to do something like this eventually. And I, for me, like growing up, I, I played basketball, but I, I remember when I got to like middle school, 
you know, you'll have teachers that say like, all right, yeah, you can't, you can't say that as an occupation or like something you're going to do in the future planning for like, you know, what are you really going to do? And I, I think that was around the time I saw Jerry Maguire and, um, I really fell in love with the whole idea of like management. Okay. And um, like just the whole idea of like just the storyline of that movie is like one of my favorite movies. It's like you you really see a guy who, you know, he he's he's at he's at one of the top agencies, but like everything falls apart for him. And um he really takes a risk on um, you know, an athlete that like a lot of people counted out, not because of his talent, because of his attitude and just in their relationship, they helped each other, but I he kind of molded, you know, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, like, for greatness. And so I think around, like, middle school, I saw myself, like, yeah, um, I could definitely see myself in sports management, maybe an agent one day. And I remember when I got to college, it just kind of got broader. Um, I really saw, like, music. It's, it's crazy. Like, everything I'm doing now is, 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 like, ideas I had, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's kind of, like, spooky in a way. Like, wow, like, this stuff is actually happening, you know? Sure. Cause you, a lot of times you'll think about like, I want to do these things, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. And like, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, like the journey for me is really been a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think I was in college, I was at Virginia Union. I spent a lot of time um, just journaling, um, just writing down ideas of things I wanted to do. Um, around the time I was in college, it was when like Rockefeller Records was at its like peak. You know, Jay-Z just put out the Black Album. Um, Kanye put out College Dropout. You know, they had Dipset. So there were a lot of big things happening. And um, I just kind of knew I wanted to work in music. And um, even early on while I was in college, I had friends that rap. And, um, you know, this is like way before like social media. You know, Facebook is just really getting introduced around this time. Right. But, um, you know, just really figuring it out, just knowing like, hey, I want to work in this space. And... I think before I graduated, I think the first opportunity I had while I was in college, uh, I worked as an intern at, at the radio. So I was an intern for Mike Street at um, 106.5 The Beat. And I was an intern for um, doing his midday show. And I think like that internship really like gave me a really a firsthand view of just like music, radio, and really helped me get a better understanding like what do I really want to do in entertainment. And like while I was there, I saw the um, radio wasn't something that really piqued my interest a lot. It was just like I was happy to learn like the the inner workings of how radio, like the mechanisms of it, or like how radio operates as a business. Yeah, but sure. um, I was really interested when like they had these. There was all these people to come in from labels, and like they were always coming like pitching new songs for like mix show. Yeah. And so it was like a whole thing, like, wow, this is a cool job. Like, oh, you're somebody for a label. You travel to different regions. You, you're pitching these new songs so they can play in mix show that if they do well, they probably can then go into rotation. So I started learning, like, the label side of it. And I was like, wow, I want to work for a label. And um, when I graduated, or um, when I finished college, it was around, like, 07. So I moved back to D.C. And I was like... In the area, I, I knew I wanted to work in entertainment. I knew I still wanted to work in sports, do all these great things, but didn't know where to start. And I remember I called one of my friends, like at the time I grew up with, like he was a he was a club manager, like one of these big clubs in DC at the time. And he was kind of giving me some advice. He was like, hey, if you want to like, do all this stuff really in music, like you, you need to get a nightlife. 
at this time, I wasn't like impressed. I really didn't party. I, right. I wasn't like, I wasn't a social butterfly. I wasn't somebody who just go out by myself. It was just like not oh, the Rick, you weren't the Ricky you are today. Nah, nah. It was like uh, a evolution of um different events and situations definitely made me who I am. But um, that was the push. So for me, it started out. I didn't even like. I'm not. I'm just I'm gonna give it the whole story. So for me, I started out. I didn't know anything about nightlife, but around this time. Like Love Nightclub was like a huge entity in DC. And so I, I think I was 21, but I was fairly around still that college crowd. So um, they had like 18 up college night. And so I came became a promoter and had like a guest list. And the way you get paid as a promoter, like the amount of people come from your guest list, you may get like up to anywhere from like a dollar to five dollars. Right. And so like it's really a volume thing. So like a lot of times you have like a I remember we would have like a lot of kids that are in college at Howard or Morgan or even University of Maryland where their guest list might be a hundred people and like a hundred people actually might come, but it was a whole thing of just like learning the mechanisms of it. But while I was doing that, I started really understanding how nightlife was really a platform for music. And so um, while I was doing that, I kind of, while I was working like doing this promoting thing, I kind of started doing artist management. Right. Like the, this was like my first time taking a, a stab at it. And I found, it was crazy like how the artists I w was working with, they just kind of all found me. Yeah. And um, like one of the first artists like I initially managed was a, it's, it's crazy, is um, actually was Duran. So, oh yeah? Yeah, so somebody I managed now was actually one of my first artists. And uh, I was managing him when he was just going to college. So he was just going to Hampton, but uh, crazy part about it, we went to high school together and I didn't know him when we were in high school, but um, he went to school with like my cousin and a lot of other guys I knew that were the same age. So when I was a senior, he was a freshman. So after I graduated, I, like I was just doing like the nightlife stuff. A lot of people saw that I was just moving around in DC and he kind of approached me like, hey man, like would you manage me? Like, are you working in music? Is it something you're interested in? And I was like, hey, yeah, let's do it. And um, from there, I also started managing another artist named D. Floyd. And um, the great thing about like D. Floyd was um, his father is actually in a go-go band. Like, he was actually like one of the founding members of a go-go band called Rare Essence. And his father actually wrote the song Overnight Scenario, where it's like three in the morning, the pancake yeah, yeah. house. So his father wrote that song. Right, so right, right. It was even um, it's interesting just meeting him and just everything like, just like his love for music, love for go-go, and yeah. just even his understanding of just like purpose. You know, this is like something, I was always around like artists who kind of thought bigger and, um, you know, cause I, his father was somebody like, even like Jay-Z, you know, stole from, like took the inspiration from like that song. And that's how, you know, like, you know Jay-Z flipped it. But, you know, this is where it kind of all started for me. And it was, it was just interesting. Like, he, cause even at that time I had a, we were in love, so like, we had a DJ that we were building with, um, DJ Money. And um, DJ Money's now Wale's DJ, but okay. like, crazy how things small circles, like right. me and me and DJ Money went to high school together. Oh, man. yeah. Like, but I, and so like, it was just all these things coming together where we had all these people like just at the starting point, but we were working together. And um, I remember it got to, I remember I was telling Deron this yesterday, it was so crazy. So I remember it got to one point, you know, you can be doing something on your own for so long and like, see a little bit of success, but you feel like just getting stunted. And I, I remember I was just, 
was doing everything. I was like calling radio stations, like asking for meetings. Like we would go up there for a meeting, trying to pitch a song, like figuring out everything about like BDS. Like I was doing all this, like had no formal training, no, no one guiding me, just just doing research. I, I was even, I even understood like the whole thing of like co-branding. Like I remember for Deron's first mixtape, we had like a streetwear brand called Good Bully. Um, at the t they were like really prominent at the time. They like they were really behind Wale. Wale was supporting them. Um, they sponsored Deron's tape, and so it was like a lot of things I kind of just saw like early on. I didn't know. I didn't really all have all the resources, but I kind of had the idea like, hey, things have to operate on this level no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and um, kind of from there, um, like Deron gave me some advice about like, hey you know, maybe you should reach out to Kenny Burns in Studio 43. And I'm like, you know, who is that? And like, what is that? And he's like, you know, they're behind Wale. You know, like, maybe he can help you or maybe like you can learn from him. And like, when I started doing research about it, I realized like, wow, I actually met this guy before. So um, it was like a thing I started to send like Kenny Burns, like messages on MySpace. Um, he would reply sometimes, give me advice. Sometimes he wouldn't. And then um, eventually, it was an internship that came up for Studio 43, and I applied and um, got the job. And like really while I was working at Studio 43 is really when um, I had a crash course in just like the music business. Right. Um, coming in as an intern, having like the label, like you have, it's an indie label, you know, indie label production company. Um, you have an indie label that has artists that has a major deal, you know, with a major label like Universal, but um, you're going through the whole struggle of trip figuring out like, how do you make this artist relevant? You right. know, or how do you break this artist, you know, in the market where he's at, where like everything else can kind of, you know, go from there. It's like a launching pad. So it's a lot of things we learned. And um, I think the great part about it, while I was at Studio 43, I worked with like a lot of great artists. Like we put out like a lot of great music where like even with that, um, like I started as an intern, um, ended up becoming um, like head of uh, marketing and promotions. Um, from there, became general manager of the label. And like while I was a general manager, I think um, my roster consisted of Uptown XO, who's um, a lot of people may know him for like even his solo work, even the work he's done with Odyssey and YU yeah. with Diamond District, or. Um, Gordo Brega, um, AB the producer, is also known as Aileen Bilal and um, Riley MC. So we worked with a lot of great artists. And um, I know, like, even with Kenny, he kind of thought bigger. So, like, we even had a lot, a lot of different um, just label situations with a lot of different artists. Like, I remember one time we were working with a Canadian band called The Stereos. And um, we were working with um, this R&B singer called Verse Simmons mm -hmm. um, in Atlanta. So, like... We definitely were growing. Um, even this rapper, um, out of sight, you know, he was also um, like under Universal. We were doing some work with him, supporting him. So I just saw a lot. Um, just for me, that was like my crash course and kind of bringing it like up to speed now. Like, well, so let me ask you something before you uh, let's take take a couple uh, yeah. steps back because your uh, your degree was not in music or entertainment, right? What was your what was your undergraduate degree in? My undergraduate degree is in marketing. Okay, so you came out of school um, in Richmond yeah. with a degree in marketing. Yeah. And you knew that 
but you knew what you wanted to do. You knew you wanted to have your hands in music and entertainment. Um, and so you're, you're sort of, you're already working, you know, you're already kind of having to, to figure out a way to make that transition from yeah. your formal training into something that you're passionate about and know you wanted to do. But in addition to that, you moved to DC uh, so you've got you've got this whole new transition of like not only figuring out how to get in the music industry, but figuring it out with, you know, sort of in a in a in a bit of a new new space for you. So yeah. how, how did you how did you manage a manage that transition from, you know, having a having a marketing background going into music? Did you face a lot of skepticism or did you think that it was? Um, did you think that you were fighting an uphill battle at times? And then once you got up to DC, how did you sort of integrate yourself into, you know, a music scene that maybe wasn't yeah. that you were relatively new to? So it it definitely I think is always an uphill battle, you know, because you're you're starting from zero. Right. So like for me, I think I had an understanding just from my internship with like my street, I had an understanding of radio where I, I knew I wanted to be on the artist side. Okay. Um, and like management just kind of is one of the things that just kind of gravitated towards me. And I think one of the advantages I had early on was just understanding marketing. And I I naturally have like a knack for just branding. It's not, I, want, I wouldn't even say it's anything like textbook. I, I can just kind of just put pieces together or kind of just see like, hey, if we do this, this will make sense. And it'll probably make the presentation and everything bigger. Just um, intuitively? Yeah, just intuitively. It's like, it's crazy. It's, it's, um, it's a gift. No, nah, it really is a gift. Like, it's one of the things I can say, like, I'm really great at it. I have a, a really under, a, a great understanding of branding. And I think just over, um, like, it's been almost 10 years since I've been out of college. So... Just over the 10 years, like my work experience, I've done a lot. So for me, like how, how I like kind of survived the uphill battle, it was, it was constantly working. And so it was having a parallel life where I had a, I had a nine to five. Um, the nine to five wasn't doing marketing or um, doing anything in music where I was passionate about. But looking back on it, like the nine to fives I had, like taught me soft skills that I, are irreplaceable from like event management, project management. Um, there's a lot of these things that like are really used in music where I, I even think you think about the position of a, a manager, even a and it's, it's a lot of management or even, you know, where from events to, you know, he's, recently we just did a tour, you know, it's just like all my understanding of is all kind of work together. So for me, it was always a thing. Um, I got to work my nine to five during the day when I get off, I'm gonna grind, like, like me with my artist, go, go to the studio. Like this is this is even like early on before even studio forty three days. It was like when I got off work, it was like, oh no, we got clock in for this music thing, you know, and get right. this going, whether we're gonna go to a club and meet a DJ or we we gonna go meet a producer or, you know, go to the studio. Or we just gonna have like, you know, a dinner meet and just strategize and it was constantly work. But I constantly saw like you kind of had to have like two two things working for you. You gotta have something that's gonna fund the dream. So I think early on I had a lot of people kind of like pitching me, like, yeah, this this is the way you gotta go about it. Cause you, you don't you don't wanna be out here starving or struggling where like 
you don't you don't want like your resources to kind of be an issue while like you're not doing this where like it's not going to be easy it's not going to be something where you're going to get this job making a lot of money like probably coming out some people might some people might not so it's like if you don't what do you do and so that was kind of my whole thing where um even when I was a studio 43 I was general manager it was like I still had like another stream of income coming in where like yeah I made money but it was something like um, just still having a balance where it kind of just helped me understand how to maneuver more. So even when people look at me now, like, how do you do so much? Right. This is all I know. Yeah. This is all I know is like utilizing like 20 hours in my day to do something, you know, like yeah. I've been averaging probably four hours of sleep, you know, like, you know, just overall, like, yeah, I'll probably get like, I'll have my days and I really get it in, but I'm a person, I take naps, you know. Like, right, right. Like even now, like my day or most days starts at three AM. And like, you know, by the time eight o'clock come, I'm in my rhythm. You know, that's right. when like most people are just getting their day started. So it's just different where like I I think I've just learned to kinda of look at everything on a bigger level, but I realize things haven't changed, you know, right. even even before then where I think for me, I I never it was never in my mind even I think when I was in college, when a lot of this started to click that this is what I want to do, it was never in my mind I was just going to do one thing. Yeah. Like, I always saw it like, yeah, I'm going to have my thing, but um, I'm going to be a president of somebody else's company, a VP of this company. Uh, I'm going to design this or have a restaurant. Like, I kind of, I knew all these things in my mind. I didn't know how. And it's now so point that a lot of things are coming to fruition or it's laying the groundwork. But, like, it all, it all began with a thought for me, and it was just working towards that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, so up to, up to now, we've talked a lot about, um, love what you've done with, with music. Um, but I know that these days music makes up, it's a significant, uh, portion of your time, but only makes up a portion of your time. You've also got, uh, you've got the, the sort of larger brand dream for purpose. You've yeah. got, you know, the fashion stuff you're doing, the, the speaking engagements you're doing, you know, and a whole lot of other stuff. So, um, you know, tell, tell, tell us a little bit more about, um, when you, when you started, started branching out into some of the started sort of diversifying your personal portfolio of, of the things that you were offering, gotcha. you know, out there beyond just music and into things like fashion. And how did you, how did you choose the things that you chose? And, um, you know, how did you give us a little idea like that, the timeline of how all that worked for you? I think for me, um, I, I always knew I wanted to do something in fashion. Um, and it, it came a point in 2013 like, it's really because, like, the idea of Dream for Purpose started in 2011. I just I never knew what it was going to be. I knew I had this idea. I wanted to help people. Yeah. And yeah. what, uh, really quickly, what is, how do you, how would you describe Dream for Purpose, uh, just, like, in the, in the broadest terms so that um, everybody knows? Like, it's, it's a creative house, so we, we do a, a lot of different creative work, whether it's product design or um, event curation. Or even like consulting on like special projects, but I'll say like really it's an ideology, you know, it's a, like a way of life. Um, I, I think like for me, like when I was starting the brand, it, it really came out of a place of um, 
really wanted to create something tangible because I think it was at a point where I was only I was only providing a service. I didn't have a product, and I was starting to understand how important product was. Where like we were, we were, I started seeing how things were moving. Where like it was every everyone was doing brand consulting. You know, it was it was no longer a commodity. It was like every everyone did everyone was offering something with digital marketing or this or that or everyone's a consultant. Yeah, you know, every everyone's doing this. So I realized that I, I needed a product just to kind of be an example of showing people that, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna build this from scratch. And like you're you're gonna watch it and you're gonna see it. And um I think about it now, you know, we we started our first collection or opened our um online shop in two thousand fourteen. So like it's three years later. And I, I I I'm impressed. You know, at the end of the day I think it's 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 a it's a it's a testament to even say like a hard work of just vision, but I know it's not done. You know, I know yeah. there's a lot of ideas I have or a lot of things I want to do that are going to happen. But I know it's a, it's a timing thing. It's a time for everything. And I know like where the brand is at and how the brand has grown and just how it even complements a lot of things, whether, you know, it is the music or um, even the things where it comes to, even just with a podcast, it's a content piece where I, I don't know. I think it's just important to ha- like have these conversations with people where, you know, I, I don't. I think a lot of times people can get so caught up in like, oh yeah, it has to be this big thing. But I think for me, you know, I find joy out of it. Hey, if just one person listens to every episode, you know, and gets encouraged or feels like, hey, this helped them out, you know, giving them some advice they needed, you know, it, it served its purpose, you know. So yeah. I don't know. I think I'm just kind of at a place now where like everything I'm doing, you know, it's really all connected. I, I'm really a, a lifestyle guy, mm-hmm. you know. Like everything is, um, it's all it's all connected, you know. Even seeing yeah. like with the podcast, how you know Michael Millions is on the intro, you know, it's just the whole thing. I, I want to utilize like everything I'm doing to kind of always have a conversation about not just one thing, but like the multifacetedness of um, just who I am or like the ventures I'm a part of. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, one one of the things that's that becomes immediately clear from whether it's from listening to the podcast or just listening to you talk about sort of your your goals with the podcast and your goals with dream for purpose is you know encouraging and shining light on this sort of purpose-driven lifestyle where um you know you're, you're you're pursuing things that are larger than just the material and really trying to help encourage other people to, to find their own purpose and, um, sort of connect with something that's, that's larger than them. But, um, I think for anybody who's, uh, who's familiar with dream for purpose and familiar with, um, a lot of the, the pieces that you've, you've released to date and the, the branding associated with it, there's a very large faith-based element, um, in a lot of what you do. Um, and so explain a little bit, you know, sort of how that came to be part of what you decided that you wanted to do with dream for purpose and with the, with the DUI rule. And also explain a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of people tend to shy away from mixing, you know, faith and business. A lot of people don't want to 
take the risk of alienating some subset of a potential customer, whereas you you've sort of decided to take that head on and embrace it. So just, um, you know, give us a little bit of info on, you know, kind of how all that plays into, you know, what you do. Um, I think my, my faith is a, is a huge part of my life, like um, something I'm very open about. I think I'm just as much a Christian as I am, like a hip hop fanatic. It's like one in the same where, um, you know, in one in one essence, you might, you know, hear me talking about, you know, God or, you know, you know tweeting like, you know, a verse that may, you know, uplifted me this morning. And then the next, you know, it could be something where it's like this latest song or video that like, I feel like, hey, this is a vibe. But like, you know, it's, it's me. And I think, um, I think for so long, like faith has been this complicated thing. Like we've complicated where um, I think, or I firmly believe this, like every, everyone has a stance on faith. But I, I think a lot of times people are uncomfortable about having that conversation. So for me, it was just um, believing that, hey, why don't you allow, um, you know, the clothing to be a conversation or like kind of kickstart, you know, a conversation about like what you stand for, what you believe. And then um, I think a huge inspiration like behind the brand or even a lot of the, the faith piece is even like the Genesis creative, the creation story in Genesis. Um, just even like, I believe it's like Genesis, like 2013, like for chapter 20, verse 13. But um talks about how like God like um, created clothing for like Adam and Eve. And like, I think this is like a, portion of like, I've never really seen people highlight it, but this is how I take it. Like, you know, God is really the first fashion designer. Hmm. And so um, just thinking about like, just being creating this image and likeness is just, all right, like really taking this conversation about faith and like really putting it to apparel. And I think like the timing timing of it is perfect. I think um, we're at a place now in culture where I think in hip hop, you're seeing it more like people openly talk about God or even like you have brands like Fear of God or um, there's even brands like Supreme, they'll put out something where like you may have like a picture, a face of Jesus or, you know, even here like Upmost just did like the, the um, Upmost like Messiah shirt. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's, I think it's a lot of things where like, I think culture is shifting where like people are more open where I think along as whether it's content or product and it complements lifestyle, like people are open to it. But like, I think everyone has a stance on faith. So I think, you know, we all understand like if something bad happens, you know, we should, we're supposed to pray. Right. You know, we may not go to church every day or even talk to God every day or even believe there is a God or even know how to address him. But I think in, in certain instances, we understand some things that on our higher level that are spiritual. And, I think for me, like, um, I'm a very inclusive person. I think even the brand is, it's a conversation. It's, it's just a stance on um, one set of beliefs. It's not saying that this is it. This is like what you believe is wrong or whatever. But like, you know, this is a conversation. And I think with a lot of the things we do, I think I try to make it very open. Just so um, in the process, I can learn more from other people. Right. You know, I feel like, the only way I can truly understand what I believe, I have to understand, you know, what others believe and why they believe that. Sure. And so I, I think even just 
just meeting a lot of people, man. I think we, we have we live in a generation now where you have like a lot of young adults who've abandoned church but haven't abandoned their belief in God. So just really focusing on like you know how can they be reached or like how can um a conversation be had with them to keep them encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So I mean, you've got. You've got all that going on. One thing that we haven't talked about is, in addition to um, everything that you've you've been up to for, you know, the past ten years, you've got a family. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, how do you uh, how do you balance all of everything that you're doing with all of your creative and and business endeavors, and then just sort of like I know that you're a very supportive um, and very uh, connected father and husband just from you know from how well i know you but so how do you how do you make that work how do you find that balance for yourself to i think i think it's a lot easier for me to find balance now yeah i think um there there was once a point uh, before i was married where finding balance was very hard for me where i remember i i missed out on a lot of holidays a lot of like family dinners family functions just constantly working like yeah. constantly or like constantly on my phone constantly texting and um I don't know I think now it's more it's more of a things where I I kind of just it's like a give and take you know I kind of really just kind of feel like you know where Whitney's at or even like my daughters like what they need and really kind of putting them first over anything realizing that like you said I have I have so much going on where my whole thing is just always keeping something on the play, on the table, you know, whether, you know, it's with the music, it's with the podcast, it's, you know, with the things I'm doing at Virginia Union or just anything, just like, just keeping the conversation going. I'm just focused on the work. Right. And like, I know over time, you know, it's going to be a body of work or people are going to see it, it's going to grow, but I can't be focusing on that now. Like, oh, I need the big check now. Or like, I need all these things that happen now where, right. hey, it may not be that time. And, I think the cool part about it is, you know, like my wife is doing some incredible things and um, I'm just truly excited for her because um, maybe definitely some incredible things on the horizon. And even with Kendall modeling and, you know, my youngest daughter, Kylie, she definitely has an interest um, in getting active. You know, we're really thinking about acting and even possibly modeling for her. Um, so those are some things where I, I look at it as a whole family thing where it's really like legacy building. Yeah. You know, just really understanding, like, how can I position my children where, um, you know, they're good and, you know, they have options, you know, when they get to adulthood about, like, where they want to do or where they want to go. Or, you know, even my daughters, you know, if they do have children. I have grandchildren, you know, like, that they're good. Or they're in a position where, like, everything can make sense. So... I just look at everything I'm doing is just really paving the way, you know, for like whoever's next, you know, whoever is, you know, my family or, you know, just a, a young creative who has a, you know, ambition to do something but doesn't know where to start. So uh, would you say that that's sort of like if you were to think, I know uh, our generation gets uh, criticized some for maybe having too much of a focus on our legacy and the, you know, big grand, you know, plan that we have and that we want to, you know, sort of live on after us. But if you had to, if you had to summarize sort of what you hope 
sort of collectively you are able to accomplish right now, sort of at this point in time with all the things that you're doing right now, if you can, if you can sort of think of like one sentence or one, you know, one goal that you have to summarize the perp, your purpose for all the stuff that you're doing right now, um, beyond, you know, the obvious, but, um, you know, what, what would you say that would be? I, I can actually say two things. Yeah. Um, so the first one, like I, I, I really have a passion and belief about this. Like, um, I really want to help, like spearhead or um, even support or assist in any way I can. Um, the first like post internet art renaissance, and like even in there, I kind of did a lot of research. We like you look back in history, like any major art renaissance, like it really was kicked off by the church. Like we're commissioning different artists to like create a lot of work. So I don't know. I look at all the work I'm doing, and like if I can be in places where the um, like empowering or encouraging like creatives, like create things that are tangible that reflect who they believe God is. You know, this could be a, a body of work that like stands out over time that people are gonna remember. So like that's one dream of mine or vision that like is kind of even bigger where like everything I'm doing is kind of like focused on that, whether it's film, photography, art, you know, fashion, music, you know, it's really the whole thing of challenging people who are in the creative industry that you can you can make art, you know, that really, you know, professes, who, you know, what you believe or who you believe in. Right. And uh, I'll say the second one is I have a goal to one day create schools and like, underprivileged uh, villages in like the Philippines and Ghana. And so um, it's just like always just thinking like bigger than myself that like the things I'm working for towards, they have to be bigger than me. They have to be bigger where like if I died tomorrow, you know, someone else would want to continue this because it was that big. You know, right, like right. something like, oh, wow, this this has to happen. So, you know, that's that's the thing, you know, just, just li living a life that's um, it's like really focused on people, you know, and like my whole goal is. You know, I want us collectively to leave like a dent in culture. Yeah. You know, I think individually we, we make impacts, but I think if collectively at one moment we can make an impact together, you know, that's when we're going to leave a dent. And, you know, and that's how you see the change. And, you know, I, I'm just really passionate about like making the world a better place, like really just helping people, like helping humanity. And um, I, I don't know, I think like life is just so hard. You know, at times it's for people, man, just like circumstances where, you know, I think like everyone needs encouraging that like, you know, it's light at the end of the tunnel. Like you can you can do anything you want to do. Like you can be whoever you want to be, but like many people don't hear that. So it's a thing that motivates me where like a lot of stuff I'm doing, man, people told me I would never do. Yeah. Like they told me or even like when I was telling them like, oh, I'm going to do this. And like, oh, yeah, right. And it's, you know, it got to a point even for me, I had to realize I can't do this for people. I got I got to do this because like, this is what, this is what's in me. You know, right, I got I to right. get this out where however you receive it, that's on you. But like, you know, this has to happen. Like, you know, with you or without you, I got, I got to do this because like- There's no other option. Nah, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be one of those people where, you know, um, you know, I'm old, I'm just looking back like, man, what if I did this? Or right. like, what if, and um, I think one of the things I can say, like, I, 
I've taken a lot of, I've taken risk in life. And um, I think the more I've, I've taken risks, the more I've understood, like, it's okay. You know, like, either way, you're going to be fine. Like, whether it works for you, if it doesn't, like, you're going to live. And I think in that, it's just knowing that, like, no matter what happens, God got me. Yeah. And so, like, and it all, like, you know, that keeps me going. Right. So, um, so that's, uh, you know, that's kind of what you've had going on and, and everything that's, um, kind of brings you up to the current here and now, but what, uh, what can everybody look forward to from you, um, you know, going forward, anything, I mean, obviously you're going to continue doing a lot of the work that you've been doing to date, but anything new or exciting or anything people should be keeping their eye out on as, um, you know, you look forward to the next um, six to 12 months. So you, you can definitely look at um, more work from Train for Purpose. Um, have some collabs in the works that we're working on, some people, even some special bro- projects we'll be announcing soon, um, even on the DFP Vibe side. Um, going on a Europe tour with Noah O yeah. um, in, in the fall, so we're leaving for that in September. Um, with DUI Rule, just, you know, just doing more dope interviews with, with like, very interesting people. Um, Really happy we have a new addition to um, Dream for Purpose. Um, her called her DFP. It's um, really how I say like Dream for Purpose is a conversation. This is really like a focused conversation with like the female creative, and um, we're really using it as an ongoing campaign to really empower w- women in this space. Um, like a huge demographic of um, supporters behind like the the brand, like just a pearl wise, have been women and. Like, we haven't made many women's pieces, but, like, you know, a lot of women have gravitated just to the stuff we wore, we, we've, like, made. And so um, it's just kind of our way of giving back and just kind of wanting to um, just understand our market more and just understand their needs and how we can cater to them. But out, outside of that, um, something new that's just um, recently happened, um, recently accepted a fellowship position with Virginia Union University. So I'll be working with their Center of Undergraduate Research um, beginning this fall, conducting research on hip hop studies. Nice. And, um, yeah, I'm definitely excited. So yeah. um, never thought I would be this young. And, um, something something you know a little bit about? Well, something, something I definitely know something about. And um, it's been great because this past year I've been doing a lot of preliminary research with um, kind of really helped the idea kind of push over the top where, you know, I've kind of started a lot of the legwork where school kind of felt like it made sense. And I'm um, just really excited about the fall. Um, looking to kind of bring like a lot of guest lecturers. Um, it's over like the fall and the spring semester, as well as continuing some more research just about um, hip hop studies and um, just kind of even figuring out like what's hip hop's place at Virginia Union. Um, being that it's um, a private historically black college, but um, it was actually, it's, it was basically like the only HBCU in the heart of the Confederacy. Yeah. So like even looking at the background of the school, like when it was founded and um, just even enough, kind of identify like, you know, what are the barriers that I, you know, keep a genre music like this out or like, you know, is there a place for it where people are open where we just have to start a conversation? So definitely excited about that, but um. And like even with that, I'll be traveling, um, doing like guest lectures at some different schools. So um, I'm definitely excited. Cool, cool. 
All right, well, we're uh, we're about hitting the hitting the end of the interview. You got uh, maybe any any parting words, any last uh, bits of wisdom that you uh, want to throw out there? Um, I'll say just no matter what, keep going. Um, no matter what your how today looks, um, this this isn't tomorrow. Um, at one point, I can literally say I had kind of nothing, and um. You know, that's yesterday. Right. You know, and today's a different day. So um, it's just like you, ca you can't get caught up in your circumstances. Yeah. You know, you got to realize that at the end of the day, there's a higher power. Um, there's a universe. There's 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 energy that's bigger than you, you know, that, that wants to see you do do your best. Yeah. And so um, you, you can't give in to the negativity. And um, you just got to believe in yourself more than anybody else. Right. Yeah. All right, good. Well, so now, now's the point when I thank you for being a guest on your own <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah. Thank you. No, <laughs> oh. man, I just want to thank you for being the host. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for trusting me with uh, <laughs> with my first uh, interview on the uh, the podcast on uh, your podcast. So nah, I appreciate it. There's gonna be many more, baby. <laughs>